Against such things there is no law. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the sinful nature with its passions and desires. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking, and envying each other. Acts chapter 2, beginning with verse 1, um, excuse me, verse 41, Acts chapter 2, beginning with verse 41 and concluding with verse 47. Those who accepted his message were baptized, and about 3,000 were added to their, to their number that day. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. Every day, they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. nothing to do Again. My heart's 
Trinity God the Father God the Son God the Holy Spirit thank you thank you thank you for showers of blessing on the inside Thank you for letting the sun shine. We give you glory and praise. In the name of Jesus, amen. amen. 
There is no substitute. Nothing compares with the presence of God and our worship together. Oh, bless his name. Bless his name. hope that in your own personal lives, in the sanctuary of your own hearts, you're welcoming more of God. More and more of God. We have, for the last few weeks now, been in the book of Acts, chapter 2, talking about top priorities, sharing around the church's growth, how the church grew on the inside. Church grew on the inside. We continue today. You know, I must tell you that God is working on me. As I don't know if he's working with you, but I know he's working on me through these verses. verse from Acts chapter 2, 44. All the believers were together and had everything in common, selling their possessions and goods they gave to anyone as he or she had need. Last week, we focused on generosity. And this week is an extension of last week but I didn't know it would be last week. I didn't know. You know, when I was teaching, there were times when students would come and during the break, we had frequently I was teaching in the evening. It was during the break they would come to me 
with a snack. An unsolicited snack. And one time, when the break came, lo and behold, I stepped out for the break and when I came in, there was a cake with candles, plate and plenty of calories were before me. <laughs> and then the class started singing, happy birthday to you. Well, I ate the cake but I was interested in the motive <laughs> for the calories that were before me. I've had other birthdays, had those same students. Does anyone understand what I mean? <laughs> and I discerned that there were some who wanted their kindness to be remembered with a certain amount of generosity from the professor. <laughs> Let me tell you, I did not succumb. <laughs> I ate the cake and hugged everybody, and told them all thank you, and did what seemed right when it came to the grading of papers. There are many buildings that have been named after people who have given large amounts of money. You know what I mean. In fact, often when soliciting for funds, it is put out there that we will remember your kindness forever and ever. A person's name is put up. A chapel might be named for a person, or you know what I mean, an annex, you know what I'm telling you, and a plaque will be there, a tribute to their generosity that made it all happen. Let me suggest to you that the generosity that is a top priority that has significant bearing on the growth in the life of a church, that kind of generosity is not the kind of generosity that comes when we're looking for our names to be put on a building. Amen. What stood out to me, it's gonna be real simple. Three letters stood out to me, the word generosity. I'm just gonna make two points, just Two words came to my mind, generosity and generate. And I wondered, I hadn't thought about it before, I hadn't thought about what the prefix gen 
means. So when I looked up what the prefix gen means, the prefix gen simply means to birth. Oh my God. Think about that. The prefix gen, G-E-N, means to birth. To birth, to produce. Or in other words, to bring something out that's been inside so it can be experienced outside of itself. I'm going to say that again. Generosity, or this gen means to birth. To birth is to produce from something that was inside to bring it out so it can be experienced beyond its own self. In other words, the sign that the Spirit of God is active within us is when our generosity births, produces, Something beyond ourselves. So the interest is not in having our name captured on a building, for that produces nothing outside of me. Oh, my goodness. Oh my goodness, all right. If, if we were to look at 2 Corinthians chapter 8, verse 9, I'm going to read this uh, from the Amplified. And it reads like this. You are becoming progressively acquainted with and recognizing more strongly the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, his kindness, his gracious generosity, his undeserved favor and spiritual blessing, in that though he was very rich, yet for your sakes he became poor, in order that by his poverty you might become enriched, abundantly supplied. In other words, it is out of the generosity of God's love that Christ has come, Christ came into the world, our salvation happened, it was birthed out of the generosity of God's love. If, if God were not loving, if God were not generous, God never would have sent Christ into the world. 
And it was because Jesus, being God himself, did not keep his love to himself. Yeah. It, it is out of the generosity of, of God, the generosity of Christ, that, that people experience liberation. That, oh my God, that those who had been on the outskirts and left behind and not thought of Christ specifically targeted them and wanted to make sure they were brought from the outside to the inside because his love just overflowed. In other words, the church grew because their generosity produce something beyond what they themselves could profit for, profit from. I don't know if you, you heard one of the lines from Trustee Woodard's prayer. And when you prayed that, I said, I love confirmation, I love confirmation, confirmation. He prayed about our gifts, not only blessing us, not only helping St. Paul, but that the glory of God would be experienced beyond our doors. Yes, we want to be generous to meet needs within and among ourselves, but my God, there are people beyond our doors who need to know. Oh my God. You know, you know how someone will tell you, if you love me, show me. You love me, show me. And they mean that thing. <laughs> that after you do whatever the thing is, they go, now I know. <laughs> no, you know people like that, right? Now, now, now I know that you love me. There are people not only inside our churches, but outside our churches who have been so broken and bruised that when they come in our doors and we say something about God loving them or us loving them, they don't need another trite thing. They want a demonstration of the love of God. Show me, show me, show me in a way I will remember. Show me. Show me. Just, just show me. Show me. Now this thing, you know, uh, the kind of generosity that is infused with the Holy Spirit is the kind of generosity 
that has kindness all up in it. It is possible to be generous. Oh my goodness. It, it is possible to give much, but there's no kindness in it. You know, when we have a call for clothing, we ask for gently pre-owned goods, clean. Now, some of us, praise the Lord, we understand that, that that translates to us as a call to to uh, uh, I'm trying to fix it up nicely. And, you know, as a call to bring some things from one of our other closets. You know, some of us have three closets. And some of us, no, it's, I'm not knocking you. You got three closets, praise God. You got one set of feet, last I knew, but if you got three, I, I got one set of feet, I got two arms, but praise the Lord. We, now, that, that's a side note. Many of us are so blessed, we have one set of clothes for the size we are right now. And then we have another, another set of clothes for the size to accommodate our expansion. <laughs> you know, some people will buy the same thing in two different sizes, so the next time they have it on, you'll think they hadn't, haven't gotten any larger, because they saw that. You, you won't know that it's that same outfit you've always loved. <laughs> Thank you, brother. God loves the truth, Euclid. God loves the truth. But you see, some of us might bring our gently pre-owned items to the church simply because we want to clean out and make room for something else. Be that clothing or we've decided we want to put an extra bathroom in. I can't get any help here. And that's appreciated, that, okay. Your clothes can still, our clothes, can still be a blessing to somebody else. I got that. 
but kindness didn't motivate. But when we go in to these closets and take out the stuff that we feel, Lord, help me today. Feel something with. You know what I'm talking about. There's some things you feel something with. And when you let go, you almost need therapy. I'm talking about, and, I, and I, I, I understand that you're getting the point. I got it. You see, you see, the kindness, I'm talking about kindness. See, kindness is a fruit of the Holy Spirit. We can be kind, yes, but, but there is a kindness that is what it is. Because the Holy Spirit has birthed, has reproduced within us. And when the Holy Spirit has birthed kindness within us, whatever we do that is generous carries with us that kiss of kindness. The kiss of kindness. Oh, yeah. There are times when, when kindness means more in terms of someone being generous to us by way of kindness can mean more to us than generosity and money. You, you see, when, when we extend money to someone, we, when, when we extend money, but we extend it downward. That has no kindness in it that carries with it a sense of superiority a sense of I'm doing you a favor oh no the one receiving did you a favor because they gave you they gave me an opportunity to demonstrate the grace of God When generosity is infused with kindness, it doesn't go down, it goes across from heart to heart, from breast to breast. You can feel the heart of God. You can feel the Holy Spirit all up in it. Jesus told a parable 
about some workers. And with these workers, they didn't all start at the same time. Do you remember the parable? One started early. Another one started almost midday. The other one started right before the day was over. But when it got time to be paid, all three got the same wage. I'm talking about the economics of generosity. I'm talking, oh, y'all don't hear me. Yes, on one hand, it seems unjust that all of them should have gotten the same wage. But Jesus understood that every person was what I'll describe as a day laborer. If they don't get money, they won't have any bread to eat. So everyone has to get the same wage or they will go home with nothing. They won't eat. The wife won't eat. The children won't eat. And, and so when there's an objection to the generosity, the response is, do you have an issue? This is my translation. Do you have an issue with the fact that my heart is open? Do you have an issue with the fact that I choose to be kind to who I want to be kind to? Because I understand what it takes to live emotionally and practically. Kindness is an expression of the grace and the love of God. Oh, yeah. When we are kind, when we are kind, it not only is an, can be an evidence that the Holy Spirit is working within us, but frankly, it says something about our salvation. You remember there was a man in Luke chapter 19, and his name was Zacchaeus. And Zacchaeus had made good money the wrong way. The system was corrupt, and so he hadn't done anything technically wrong. But when he ended up entertaining, oh my God, entertain, he, he gave Jesus his ear. Tell your neighbor, give Jesus your ear. Yeah. Well, after he gave Jesus his ear, Jesus didn't even ask him to make a change. But what the brother said was, anybody. This is my, my, my paraphrase. Anybody I've done wrong by financially, even though I was right legally, Jesus has my ear. And so a higher law is now working within me. I will restore what I took from them and give them something on top of that. I'm gonna give you the meat I took off your table and give you gravy to drizzle all over the meat. And Jesus says, 
this day salvation has come to your house. The fact that you were willing to be kind, generous, when you weren't even required to. I can see you not only had my ear, but you gave me your heart. Well, yes, Lord. Yes. with this, uh, with this, I'm through. There was a young, budding scholar. In fact, you know him. You met him, Dr. Trulier, who was here for Mission Day. Dr. Trulier, Drew. And he told this story. He had gone to a professional meeting where he was going to read a paper, an academic paper, very scholarly. And this was his first time going to this academic meeting. Everyone was gathered and it was a society for religion. It was a big thing, big thing to be asked to share your paper. He worked hard on this paper. And at that time, Dr. Trulier, he was finishing his PhD dissertation. So he didn't have his doctorate yet. So when he went to the meeting, he was late and he rushed in. But as he was sitting there, an older scholar, y'all don't hear me, <laughs> saw him. And the older scholar happened to be a woman. It was Dr. Ella Mitchell. And Dr. Mitchell said, come here. Come over here. She took him to a room on the side. She said, take your jacket off. She said, your hem is out all on the bottom. He didn't know that the hem had come out of his jacket. Dr. Mitchell, you know a woman has a sewing kit in a pocketbook. <laughs> she didn't know Dr. Trulier, but what she knew was there was a young man about to present for the first time. She got out her sewing kit, sat in a chair, took that needle, took the thread, and I, y'all don't hear me, put the thread through the eye of that needle with that young man's future in mind. She sat there with a thimble and stitched that hem for a young man she didn't know. And that young man stood up, graduate of Morehouse, stood up and gave his paper. His paper was well respected and he was respected and went on to have an illustrious career. Why? It all started because somebody had the spirit of generosity 
and kindness. Kindness isn't just for me and my house. Generosity isn't just for me and mine. But generosity is for everybody. See ya. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yes, it is. It was generosity that gave us Jesus. Generosity that gave us the power of the Holy Ghost. Now share it. Share it. Share it. See ya. Hallelujah! Hallelujah! Share what you have and let what you have birth something new in somebody else. Let it birth something new in somebody else. When we do what we do in the name of Jesus, the love of Jesus breaks out through that thing. If you're here today, the doors of the church are open. Come on, stand with me. If you're here today, And you don't know the joy of Jesus birthing something new in you. Oh my goodness, you're overdue. You're in the right place. I want to invite you to know Jesus, who loved you so much. He couldn't keep the generosity of his love to himself, had you in mind. So if you haven't made a commitment to Jesus Christ, I want to invite you to come. Say yes to him. He'll clean you up if you need, he will clean you up. Just like he cleaned me up and us in the room, we, we all needed Christ to clean us up. He'll clean us up. Change us and give us life. I want to invite you to come to know Jesus Christ. If that's you, you can step out into the aisle. Come right down. We'd love to talk with you, to meet with you, to pray with you. You, know, you may know Christ, but you're looking for a church home.